Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a first Friday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo, and I am betwixt a great Z and the voice here on an edition of the program that includes football. How you doing, Mr. Donovan? Good I to see good. you. Yeah, I am great. Um, it is training camp hot out there. It was very hot today. We had some training camp sprinkles as well. Yeah. It was um, a little interesting on the weather pattern. Gibby, what are you doing in there? looking at the board, moving buttons. Let's try now. Me? Do we have Mr. Donovan? I think. Hello? We, we do have I mean, Jim, I see but, uh, him here. but we need him up a little bit. We need some right, more. Levels need to go up. Got to have more Jim. There Jim, we I think one of the greatest things you can do in radio is let the people behind the curtain. So we have a, uh, we have a new board here. This was oh. uh, installed, I believe, over the weekend. And That's so right. It was put into effect yesterday on the program. Yes. Uh, this is Gibby's second run at it. And had a, a good day yesterday. Maybe I bit off a little more than I could chew today. It was a hell of a debut. I mean, he came out. It was a no-hitter in the debut. It's like now, Cadillac Williams' first game. Really was. Cadillac Williams. A lot of juice on that first yeah. game. And then you go, boy, pick him up on the waiver wire and then eh, maybe see how it plays out. Um, so, yes, we did have football. We have, the, we have the team out there. Miles was back out there again today. Um, saw some of the stuff going around. What were your impressions here uh, today from well, the there's second some, week? It, it even goes into last week. There's such a level of excitement out on the field. Players having a great time, very competitive out there. I mean, watching Deshaun Watson maneuver out there is like your jaw really hits the field level. Um, and then, uh, you know, just watching, you know, the, the attendance. I mean, it really is. I mean, they're, they're pretty much right up at 100%. And I think that that, that's a feeling of two things, guys. I think, number one, I think that they realize they're a very good team and they really want to excel this year, and maybe they left it on the table, a lot on the table. Yeah. Last year they were a really good team last year. The roster was good, but it just didn't play out on the field, and they don't want to have that happen again. Mm-hmm. I don't think they want to leave anything to, uh, you know, any kind of a mistake or, you know, just not yeah. taking care of things. So I just think the level of excitement out there, and it's all football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all football out there. I yep. know there's a lot swirling around, but it really is 100% football. And it's a team that really thinks it's very good. And I think that they're correct. <laughs> I think they're correct as well. And I think today in particular what stood out to me is, obviously you watch Deshaun, as you mentioned. He moves easy. He throws oh. easy. He's incredibly accurate. But there were times today in the seven-on-sevens where he couldn't even throw the ball because I think the back end of this defense is going to be awesome. Greg's playing well. Greedy's great. He's out of his harness. Denzel obviously looks good. Grant Delpit and John Johnson, the safeties. John had a nice interception in the seven-on-seven drill today. And then what I've noticed is they've been doing a lot of, when they have two linebackers out there, have it be Jacob Phillips and JOK. And those guys are both long, and they both can run. And they just – it feels like their space shrinks really quickly with this defense. You know, that was a lost part of last season was that Phillips was hurt so much yep. and lost a lot of time. And then when he would come back, he would catch your eye immediately because he just does. He catches your eye. Mm-hmm. His ability to go sideline to sideline and chase things down is amazing. And, of course, we saw that week to week with JOK. But when Phillips was missing, you could see that, you know, gosh, 
that hurt them a great deal sure. for what they really want to do because I think they really realize the field is wide and you have to be able to cover it, and the only way you can cover it was, is with speed. You, yeah. know, you can do it with X's and O's, but it's, it's a little bit more you know, fluent when you can do it with God-given ability, which is speed. Yes. Well, he's one of those guys we've been hearing about forever. Absolutely. Like we've Two years. Forever. Sure. It's just yeah. a matter of, you know, can you get on the field and stay healthy? Uh, the other thing that, that's really fun is you're seeing, I, and this is the very minimum amount of, of groundwork that's being laid, but nevertheless groundwork. Um, in terms of the type of things that Deshaun brings to the offense. Yeah. And you can't help but notice it. And obviously you guys had a front row seat. But it's it's not just the accuracy and the ball popping off and all of that. You forget how fluid he is as a runner, the way that you can move the pocket with him, the threat that he is. Oh, yeah. And you're seeing Stefanski kind of play with all of that stuff here the first couple of weeks. Yeah, Kevin just made an interesting point. Uh, he just met with the media post-practice, and he said that basically, and Alex Van Pelt reiterated it, it's kind of a passing camp right now, and they don't want, they want him staying in the pocket right now. It's kind of like, let's stay in the pocket but they realize mm -hmm. you know they realize when the bullets are flying here that he can do a lot of things and become a weapon that way and he can extend plays that way but both the ability to the the rate of speed where that ball comes out mm -hmm. is so different from what we have seen yeah it's amazing i mean it really is amazing and those receivers tight end wide receivers they got to be ready that ball's on them it's, it's a flick, quick. Right? It's just it's a very quick much, little yeah. flick. It's, not, it's yeah. a flick. Yes. No. It is not a laborious move whatsoever. And it's no. funny you mentioned that it's about a passing camp. So before they go into the seven-on-seven seven periods, they do just a, an offense period on air. Defense is doing the same thing, just kind of going through basic stuff. And those, I feel like, are all rollouts, all boots, all RPOs, screens, razzle-dazzle. They're doing all that stuff. And then they go out and then they do the seven-on-seven, seven, which truly is just a passing drill. And in the team, they're going, you know, maybe a half speed right. at, at absolute best but there's a lot they're going to be able to do and then the other thing and i mentioned this last week and i'm curious to get your take on it after be out there the middle of the field's back yes he will throw the ball right down the middle of the field all the time well visibility is good yeah right <laughs> <laughs> and he's got it i mean you know i have seen him play and and we saw him play against us a couple of times i didn't realize how big he is agreed and how tall he is uh, and, you, you know, his ability to just hang in there and look over the middle of the field, and that just hasn't been there for, you know, whatever reason, but it hasn't been there. It's been an area of the field where we have struggled, where I think we have left plays out there on the field. For sure. That just haven't been accomplished because we can't get it there because we couldn't see it. He brings that, that all back. He really does. Uh, it's, it's amazing, the difference, to see what happens. So for a guy like David Njoku – I mean, that contract's sweet. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. That money is going to be great. It's a great testament to loyalty, I think, by Andrew Berry, who was part of the group that drafted him. But I think his role in the offense is going to be very, very you know, welcome for him yes. personally. I know he's, he's wondered in the last couple of years what his role was in the offense. But, boy, the middle of the field is open for him right now, and he's got all of that ability and all of that money, and I think it's going to marry into a great situation. Well, I was going to ask, I, I took note of what Coach said. I, he said in the press conference, he said, you know, we, we ought to feature David. That's the first time that we've heard that yep. about, uh -huh. about the Chiefs. We so may have said that. We, we may have said <laughs> to that. To him at the Combine. Yeah. Yes, we may have said that out loud on this program, but uh, only about 12% of the things we recommend to Coach are actually put into use. <laughs> That's right. It appears that our game plan is going to reflect our wishes. Yeah, well, our success rate is pretty high, so, you know, hopefully this will be one. But well, you're there, right. were, there were so many times where he would disappear. 
in a game, and you wondered why. I mean, I mean, there, there's the game in L.A. against the Chargers where he – that's the game of his career. But then, there are, then you say, okay, we're going to build on that, and, and he wasn't involved. And early in the game, it was definitely, let's get the ball to Austin Hooper and get things rolling. And David would flash for a play, maybe down in the red zone, where he was a very welcome you know, weapon for a quarterback. But, you know, there, you, and so you said to yourself, what is going on here? Is it that he disappears, or is it that they're just making him disappear? Yeah. That has to go away, I think. And I think yeah. they want that to go away. I think they do, too. I was looking – Last year, he had four games with five or more targets. In those four games, 16 catches, 289 yards, and two touchdowns. And so you think now with Austin Hooper gone and those 60 targets that he took, a good chunk are probably going to go to Chief. I mean, he's never been a guy who's gotten 75, 80 targets in a season. He's always around 10 yards a target. At least he was last year. You know, there's no reason why he can't be a 750 and 7 or an 808 type of a guy in this offense. And I think he really has an opportunity to do that. And I think that'll be, if you're a Browns fan, that's something I think that you should be very excited about thinking that the chief has a chance to really be a big role player because he had 475 yards last season. And I said in the four games, which obviously includes your LA chargers game that you referenced with seven catches on seven targets for buck 49, but he had 140 yards in the other three. You know, you can 50 yards a game every single week out there. That that adds up. Yeah. You don't think it does, but 50 yards in a 16-game season is 800 yards. You know, there were times, guys, where the offense was wheezing. You know, I, the Sunday night game in Baltimore. I, wheezing, okay? Yeah. And the game is hanging right there. And then all of a sudden, he'll come up with a big play. Remember, he had that great catch down at the goal line, which, you know, was – uh, you know, ratified on review, but I mean, yep. he got the touchdown and it was a great catch. I mean, he made a couple of big plays in Pittsburgh when nothing was going right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing's going right. I mean, they can't, can't get the ball to Landry. You can't get the ball, you know, to anybody really Chubb's getting stuffed at the line and you needed something. And those were the times where he would appear, but there are, you know, what you're saying, I think, and what we're all hoping for is that those times are more, you know, they're accelerated. They're going to more frequent that he's going to be a part of it. And he should. I always felt like I always felt like David was a luxury, and I do think this year he'll be a necessity. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think he has to do what the things that you're saying. I think he has to be yeah approaching a thousand yard receiver, approaching ten touchdowns. I think that's kind of the requirement. If you look at the way that this receiving core is broken down, obviously we know Amari's going to be great, but beyond that, we've seen flashes with DPJ. Schwartz has got to come a long ways, but I, I feel like David's got to be that guy. You can make the case, and in fact, I would expect he will end the season, provided that he stays healthy, obviously, as the second most targeted guy on this team. I think Cooper will probably lead the team in targets. He'll probably be two, and then you're going to get DPJ, David Bell, Schwartz Mm -hmm. in the mix as well. But I think that's what he is now. He is supposed to be your your number two. He is a seam stretcher. He's going to open up opportunities underneath for guys like David Bell and even for Amari Cooper, who I think is fun to watch, the way that he runs oh, yeah. his routes. Very smooth. Unbelievably he, smooth. He kind of reminds me of, and I mean this as an ultimate compliment, a bigger, faster Jarvis because he runs a lot. There's routes similarly. It just happens more suddenly and, and with more speed and power behind it. Yeah. That's high praise. For me, yeah, I mean, I mean it. I yeah, mean no, it no, I way. know it's high. I mean, Jarvis was very, very good, obviously. So that's a that's a high praise. But he's he's going to be needed too. I was going to ask you guys about that in terms of take Chief out of it. And Amari, I think we know what he's going to be. The other guys out there, Bell, the one who Donovan certainly... looks good. And I thought David Bell had a couple of really nice catches today. He had one on kind of a deep. He looked like he was running a little drag and then bent it up the field, kind of on a forty-five degree angle, and Deshaun threw it absolutely perfectly. And then he made another big catch from Brissett on the sideline. 
uh, and Chad O'Shea and uh, Stump Mitchell are giving him a lot of praise for that one for making a play. So he looked good. Schwartz is being used quite a bit, yeah. it, it feels like, especially running a lot of verticals and clear outs. But they've taken a couple shots to him uh, as well and had some success with it. So uh, it's going to be interesting to watch how this all turns out. You know, I thought you put it well last week. I was driving home after the oh, OTAs last week, and I'm listening to the show, and you went through – Nathan did a great job going through the position groups. And I thought you made a really good point about the receiver core. And I know a lot of people are wondering, okay, are they going to go out and get somebody? Is there a yeah. trade? Is there this? Is there a free agent veteran wide receiver out there that they're going to bring in? And, and your point last week, and I think I heard it right, was they're okay with what they have right now. You know, we're going to work with this group right now. And then – Middle of camp, maybe near, towards the end of the camp, if they realize, all right, we're short, then they can go out and get somebody. Yep. But I think right now, I think that they're doing it the right way. If you've got a lot invested in Schwartz, a third-round pick, mm -hmm. and you feel that last year was just a rough freshman season for him because he got off to a slow start because he had an injury and he lost time, that's okay. But let's, let's get the – you know, I heard it today, too. These coaches are saying these reps are precious right now. So let's give them all the reps. Let's get them in. If at some point we find out in late August we need some help, then you go out sure. and you get help. But I don't think that there is any reason right now with the receivers to push any kind of a panic button that we are short on that. No, I, I think I think the thing, the interesting thing, too, was Schwartz, Schwartz was drafted to be exactly what this offense needs. Yep. So, I mean, there's that part of it. You Down know, the field, speed right, guy. If we, we're sitting here going, oh, what do we need? And we yeah. talk about Deshaun Jackson or we talk about any Will Fuller or any of these guys. Like, it all comes back to you need the guy to run nine routes so yeah. that everybody else can operate underneath. Absolutely. Now, Chief will do that on the on the hash marks, obviously. But you need somebody out there. So, Schwartz was drafted to be that. No now, DPJ can do that because he's great with separation, late separation on the reception. But he doesn't have the blazing speed that makes it right. safe to take a half step back. So those are the th he can be that, and maybe that's part of it too, right? I think that is, and I will tell you that, you know, coming into this season, they were he was I feel like looked at as somewhat of a question mark in the sense that they believed in his raw clay, they believed in oh, his yeah. skills, but that it was gonna require a lot of work from the young man himself to make it happen. And I think that these last two weeks when we've gotten into these six OTA periods, I think they've been very happy with Anthony Schwartz. And so that bodes well, I think, for this to continue hopefully into training camp and into the season. But he's shown – I know that he's shown the coaches something since we've gotten into this OTA period that, that gives them some optimism about what his role will be able to be this year. You know, I, I, there's another thing that people should watch for, which I think is going to be a great battle, and that's the fun of training camp when you start watching position battles. But that running back room is crowded. And that kid from Cincinnati it's can good. really open up your eyes. Yeah. Okay? So, Demetric Felton, you know, you got to wonder a little bit about, you know, that's a battle there because this kid, they drafted this kid, and I have to tell you, he can really play. I saw him make a catch and really scoot down the sideline today. And, uh, you know, that's what you want there. So he has stood out from his speed. His speed, yeah. His catching is very natural. And as you talked about, the one on the side where he caught and just turned right, right. up the field, he looked very good. Uh, Preef, and we'll hear the interview I did with Preef a little bit later on in the program or, or later this week, but he told me that he's, for a guy who never played special teams, has taken to it very naturally and has impressed him very much. He singled him out. as one of the people I said, you know, you lost a lot of your core guys who's somebody who can step up. And he mentioned Jerome Ford. What I thought was interesting was today uh, – Demetric was a receiver exclusively. Now, that could be because mm -hmm. Jakeem Grant was not here, uh, and then you've got Jamarcus Bradley and, and Woods are both out. Right. But you look at that running back room, 
and you say Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, Jerome Ford, I don't know that he's going to beat one of those guys out as a I, running back just being honest about I, it. I really wonder about that too, right. And so I think this is if he is going to make the team, it's going to be as a special teams guy. He is very good at that. And as a receiver who can come in and play the slot. Because he had some nice catches and, and change of direction after his catches. Yep. He got everybody going, ooh, hooting and hollering today. So <laughs> I think for Dimitrik, I wonder. Because you remember, it was at the beginning of this offseason where they said, no, he's a running back now. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if anybody asked Coach because I didn't hear that or asked AVP about it, but he was full-time receiver today. Yeah, and I wonder that's probably due to what they've seen from Ford. And also for, from a self-preservation standpoint from Felton, you're looking around and you go, the reason I'm, I'm – if I got a shot, it's my versatility. Yeah. I mean, that's my shot at making the roster because you're right. There's gonna, it's a numbers crunch. Yeah, and I mean, that's what made him so attractive right in college mm -hmm. is that he, he changed positions and he did a lot of things, and that's what made him so attractive here. He was one of those training camp wonders, I thought, yep. last year. Didn't Absolutely. you think? I thought he played yep. well in the, mm -hmm. in the three preseason games that they played. I think he did well in the practices against the Giants, and you went, all right, okay. Um, but this kid from Cincinnati is worth watching. I think he's a really interesting player. Gosh, they had a good team. They really they did. They really yeah. had a good team down there. No, it was yeah. Cincinnati. It's one of the he things. He did a great job. Luke Fickle Luke did a recruited great the heck job. out of it. He wow. recruited it, and Ford was a Bama kid. You know, right. He was a Bama, That's then they right. got him to transfer in. Hudson was a Michigan kid. They got him to transfer in. So Luke used a lot of the connections he had as a defensive coordinator at Ohio State and the relationships built there to get guys to come in on transfers and then get guys at big programs that maybe slept through the cracks. And then he developed them there. I mean, they had Sauce Gardner went in the top five. I mean, they had they had guys all over that team. Yeah. Ritter. I mean, it was a loaded. It was a loaded legitimate team. team. Yeah, they were very good. They you were know, legit. Yeah, their their issue was, and I remember talking to Luke about this in the lead up to the that national semifinal. Our ones can hang. It's our twos. Yeah. You know, it's the program depth. You know, when you make a run at something like that, right. you can do it at the very as long as everything goes right. You're good. That happened to him. Remember when Hudson went down, and we remember talking about yep. that in the game against Georgia. They played really well. Then Hudson goes down. They couldn't move the ball, couldn't protect. Right. And that's what happens. You just don't have that depth. But, yeah, they, they were very, very good. Was there anybody defensively today for you guys? Obviously, it's very good on the back end. Anybody else shine? Boy, it really is good on the back end. I have to tell you, <laughs> uh, it is tough to throw against them, and they yeah. really there's a bond about them that really – which is – the sign of a really good secondary. I mean, yeah. you can have one good player in the secondary and he can dominate and people then can say, all right, well, you don't throw at him, but you can throw, but it's going to be, unless, you know, we're just mystified by them, but I think it's very real. There is a real bond with them, that group that they just feed off each other. They compete with each other. And obviously they compete against their own offense right now because that's who they're going up against, but they are very stingy, very yeah. stingy. And I think that, Greg Newsom is a special player, and I think that Greg he Newsom, really is. You're right, I, and I know. And imagine he didn't have an interception last year. He should have. Had he should have. Yes, because technically he played so well. Technically, right. yeah. I mean he's in the right spot. He's right there. You always, know, always. And today there were a lot of times where they were trying to run multiple crosses to confuse and get out of bunches. You know, with a late motion into a bunch to confuse the coverage. The communication between Greg and Denzel and Greedy and even the linebackers, in this case, Phillips and Owusu Koromoa or Anthony Walker and Owusu Koromoa and the safeties, John and, and Grant, it's fun to watch. And there was one play where they had to go to a scramble drill on offense near the goal line. And afterwards, Greg's like, oh, next time I'm going to do this, you do this, and then we'll be even better. And just hearing that kind of talk, and I was talking to a Coach Howard as he walked off the field, and I said, you got to take it easy on these because it's seven on seven right here. Like, the ball's supposed to come out and, and be, you know, you're not supposed to have three scramble drills in a seven on seven. It just doesn't happen very often. And 
he said just their communication, their understanding of each other from having played together is has made a great – and he goes, he's a great guy, obviously. But he said having Greg in the slot, that's one of the most important positions in football now. Mm-hmm. And people think about, oh, you need your corners on the outside. And he'll play on the, on the two on the outside when it's just the two of them. But having him in there and his ability to run and to play with the variety of releases that he faces from the inside – I think makes this defense great. And then Greedy without the harness has been awesome. And the other guy I'd say is Grant Delpit just looks like he knows what he's doing now. And when Grant Delpit knows exactly what he's doing, he's very good. Yeah, it's unf- you know his his last year at LSU, he's coming off a little bit of an injury to start. But he had that the, high ankle sprain. That's yeah. right. And at the end of that year, he was sensational. Amazing. Um, yeah. In the, in the championship game. In the game, championship game. He was, he was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Right. And then gets injured right away here. And so we've yep. never released – I don't know that we've ever seen him full throat. No. There were a couple of games that he came in in the end of the year last year when he was really starting to roll where you went, okay, yeah, this is the guy. It just gives him a lot of freedom, and, and one of the things you know we noticed over the second half of the year as Grant came on was the ability to get John closer to the line of scrimmage, which he did a lot with the Rams. Then you go back to the game against Cincinnati where he gets a pick, he tips another one that becomes picked, and he was just around the ball more, yeah. and that's where he was today. That one that he was, It was a short pass to Chief that he was able to come out and cut across and get that interception today because Grant plays in some of our cover three looks. Uh, he's more the single high guy, and so it gives a lot of flexibility. We have a lot of guys who can make plays around the ball now. Yeah, yeah. Versatility, a lot of it's just so much athleticism. And we don't even get to fun. see a pass rush in any of this. And that's no, one of the things no. that we're going to be hanging our hat on, obviously, right. with Miles and Clowney back and Winovich yeah. and the the group up there. Do you have any experience with snapping turtles, Jim? No, not I on don't. the not on the farm. We have had we have a um our you know our neighbor has a big pond. Mm-hmm. Um, they have t- I've seen turtles, but not snapping turtles. I had an experience this morning with one. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah, really? I had one in the um, pool. On the auto cover, um, <laughs> this was in the 6 a.m. hour. I had Bootsy <laughs> screaming, Dad, there's a turtle by the pool. Can we name him Donatello? <laughs> Can we name him Donatello? Nice. Good yeah, call by him. Teenage Mutant. So sure, he sprints out. Yeah, I mean, he was quite aggressive. So what? how do you know right away it's a stamper from the, the shell? I didn't until I got there. It was about this big. The, the shell. No, the whole, whole guy, thing. The guy was, was a big guy, and he had a long tail on him, and then the, the head had a kind of a, a pointy and he was not happy with me trying to eradicate him what i was fearful of is that he would crawl out the back of the pool Ooh. through the auto cover and fall down and then you gotta go get him or his demise yeah. and then that's gonna be not good for anybody nobody wins so how'd you get rid of him um well <laughs> i mean the kids were just sprinting like wanted to grab it so we're, we're not going to do that. It's not lose so any I, fingers. That's here. right. Yeah. I used the uh, the pool netting. My wife was imperative that I do not harm it because apparently certain reptiles I can't harm. Snakes, by the way, Peter, no problem. You. Yes, you can do whatever you want to <laughs> do whatever the hell I want yes. to a snake, yeah. but God forbid I touch a turtle. <laughs> so I was able to get the turtle in the net and then put it out in the woods. And after having some conversations, apparently this time of year is when they they do the eggs. They go a long way away to do the eggs, and then they a long way from their home. So – I mean, this turtle is four football fields from any sustainable water. Hmm. Long ways. Wow, that yeah. is a long way. And at yeah. their rate of speed, I think that'd take about six weeks. I was going to say, yeah, a couple <laughs> months. To get from there to there. Months. Yeah, it'd take a while. Good to see you, sir. <laughs> yes. Hey, it was great seeing you guys. Oh, great by the way, it. how yeah. excited are you for Thursday? Um, I want to say this, that uh, they the Celtics the other night almost put me oh! – in the cardiac it unit. It felt so good, and then it was like it got a little tight at the end. I was going to lean on our 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 sponsor, yep. University Hospitals, to get me through. Um, well, I was on. They do not finish 
quarters well or games. I mean, think you know, they had a big lead at, you know, about a minute and a half left to go in the first half, and all of a sudden, you know, it's down to six. Mm-hmm. They had a 14-point lead late in the third quarter. That's down to seven. And then they have a 13-point lead with 335 left, and Marcus Smart decides to get into the three-point shooting contest and lose. And I couldn't believe it when Jimmy Butler was coming down to mm-hmm. – I thought he was going to make that. I did too. Yeah. Did you you have any problem with the shot? That was a perfect shot. No, it's it's a, a transition shot. three and transition you're getting a second, step right and you're getting with, a second possession. Al Horford, you know, backpedaling. Right. You know? Um, I don't know, Nathan. I really don't know. I, I they played them well and I, a lot of people it's amazing. It's amazing back in Boston, a lot of people are down on them because of the way they finished the series against Miami. And I'm saying They won. Hey, they won. They're through. You know? Take Clean it from slight. us here. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> I just think at the end of the games, were we talking about this yesterday with Marcus Smart, or maybe I was talking with my buddy Vince? No, you and I were talking about it. How he's, how he, he's. It's tough when you're alpha, and he's clearly like their alpha he leader. Is. Guy. Sean Lynch right. on a basketball court. Yeah, when your alpha isn't your best player and not your best shooter, and not your by best a long shooter. Shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the shots Run were insane. The offense through Tatum Always. at the end of the game or Brown. Period. Either one of them. Uh, yeah, and Timmy well, Tatum. Yeah, I prefer yeah. Tatum too, but like. Jeez, I don't think you want Marcus Smart taking five threes in the last two and a half minutes. <laughs> no, 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 it made no sense. No, no. And Tatum yeah. or um, Horford took some ill-advised threes as well. I yeah, think, the fourth quarter. He does so much more in other areas. I mean, he does yeah. a you know he does a lot of really cool things. Um, I think that guy Robert Williams will be a big key yes. for them because he's got a great he's a great rim protector, shot blocker, great defender. He really makes you gives you second thoughts if you're going to penetrate yeah. and try and go in on them, um, but. Now's the time. Now's, Now's the time for Jason Tatum to really show oh. what he's got. And I think he can do it. But and he it, can make a legacy for himself. Yeah, he can make a legacy. Well, yeah. keep in mind, Back too. there, he would definitely. Yeah. They would put his number up in the rafter next year. Never mind waiting for his right. retirement. <laughs> the other, I mean, this now would get this. A win would put the Celtics back ahead of the Lakers. 18, it would be, yeah. You get if one up win. on the Lakers if you're able to do it. What did, I'm curious. Get Jim Stott on the wristband. Oh, what did you think of, uh, of Tatum wearing the Kobe I wristband? was very surprised by it. I really was. Uh, I thought it was touching. Yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, that that was so important to him. But wow, you know, yeah, I'm pretty did cool. He, did you ever think you'd see a Celtic wearing no. a Laker wristband? That's what you're talking. <laughs> yeah, about. yeah, I, yeah. Because he and you know he couldn't put it in Celtic colors at all because that would have been the great Sam Jones, who sure. just passed away this year. And they and they're, had that they're already wearing that on their yeah. jersey because he passed away. Yeah, that was surprising. No, I never thought I would and see I don't a even Laker. Think Kobe would want. Celtic like on colors. A Celtic, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, put it in, that's a rough mix. Yeah. Charlotte Hornet colors for what could have been. What could have been. That's yeah. like a bad salad dressing you put on. It really was. Go, Whoa, this is. I just saw it on there. It just looked wrong. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. understood the. Yeah. Hey, here's the good. good help from Mike Breen. I hope he comes back. Yeah, no kidding. That was yeah. Mark Jones thrown yeah. into the fire wow. there in, in a game seven. And uh, is there any update on Breen? Is he. They said even when he missed the game, he did not. He wasn't showing signs of any symptoms. He didn't feel that badly, but obviously he didn't pass the test. Um, and they thought he would be ready for Thursday, but I haven't heard. Okay. All right. All right. So tomorrow uh, you got you got game tomorrow, one. Tomorrow, just Sunday. midnight start. No big deal. <laughs> By the way, how about the NHL getting it right? 8 oh, o'clock, man. done at 11. Yeah. They're fantastic. And the game was incredible last, last night. night. Yeah, That's it was unbelievable. unbelievable. That Connor McDavid goals. is unbelievable, he is. isn't he? Yes, yeah. he is. It was hey, the Rangers tonight. That would be a yeah. wow, what an atmosphere in the garden. Yes, they're gonna get swamped. You think but so? It, yeah, I yeah, do. Right. I do. Yeah. I think it'll be <laughs> short series. They have a hot goalie though. They I mean, you need you can all ride a hot goalie yeah. in a in a Stanley Cup playoff. You certainly can. Great Guys, my sir. pleasure. I uh, enjoyed pleasure it. all ours. All right. The great Jim Donovan yes. here on Cleveland Browns Daily. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, eight fifty ESPN Cleveland.
Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident caused you injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. I think you hit a lot of the, the big takeaways. Anything else yeah. you'd like to add, my friend, that uh, jumped out at you today? It's just good seeing this team here and compete. And I think that there's something that is more of an – this is what I'm about to say is more of an intangible that I think people will get an opportunity to really see when they I'm very nervous. Yeah, the I last guess, time so, you do – remember what yeah, happened yeah, the last that was time. The wrong, that was on the wrong thing. Um, I think when people come out here to training camp, they will get to see it. And like I said, it's more of an intangible thing. But that is that this football team and these guys Mm -hmm. not only really like each other, and you can tell that there's a real bond, but that they also really have a sense of what they are trying to accomplish. Play to play, but also big picture, right? They're here to win, and they're here to do something uh, that only one team gets to do at the end of the year, and that's win a Super Bowl. But play to play – their knowledge of what they're attempting to do offensively and defensively, I think stands out the business-like attitude of it, the competitive nature of it. I'm really excited for people to get out here for training camp and then for Browns Live when we're going to broadcast some of those training camp practices for you, for those who can't be here, to see that and feel it. Because Jim talked about you know watching Deshaun, the way he moves, the way he throws the ball, puts your jaw on the ground. We just haven't had that. This is a different caliber of a quarterback than we have had. And that's not. Oh, a I think on... you have to go to. You got to go to early Bernie. You got to go to Otto to you know sipe at his best. I mean, it's no. I mean, we know there's never. They never and had it, this. it just yeah. stands out. And, and and then to see what I think is how good our defense is going to be on the back end. You know, a lot of people are worried about the defensive tackles, and that I I understand that we don't have a big name at defensive tackle, but I think. In some ways, that's by design in the sense of where the money is going to be spent on this defense. It's going to be spent at the cornerback position. It's going to be spent uh, at the pass rushing positions. Um, but we've got the chance, I think, to be a very special defense. This It is fast. It is long. It really is fun to watch them. And, and you know, as you are able to be around the game longer and longer and longer, I think we all start with, or at least any of us who played, you know, uh, on the offensive side, you know, like in Montana or whatnot, you understand like passing concepts and, and, and the passing, like that's something that's fun and easy to understand. You understand guys who can go from defense and get sacks. You get that watching a, a, the communication, watching the framework with which our defensive backs are operating in under Jeff Howard and Brandon Lynch is to me, it's, it's becoming one of my favorite things to watch in practice. And I think that is something that we're going to really enjoy. The fact of the matter is you've got to be able to get to the quarterback to disrupt passing games. But one of the things that can help you get to the quarterback is having that marriage between the front end and the back end of the defense and a good back end that can give you a few minutes that can play man. We can play man and lock up. I think anybody greedy looks great. And I hope we get to talk to him uh, soon because He's not wearing the harness anymore, and I've mentioned that a few times, but I think it's important. You see it in his confidence that he's able to play and feel like his body is his body again. Um, But that combination of him and Denzel outside and Greg inside, this is going to sound – people are going to say this is going to sound crazy, but I think by the end of this season, Greg Newsom is going to be talked about as one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. I mean, so what? So what? What he would? What he will need to be that is he will need to have the turnovers come his way. 
a few, a little bit of ball. You, know, you got to have that. You got to yeah. have a little bit of that yep. in, or, in order to get into that conversation. There's going to be the coverage stuff, sure, but then you need that part of it too. Yep. And that's that's it. But he certainly has a talent. <coughs> These allergies are killing me. It's I am brutal. Just, it's brutal. It's brutal. I don't just recall it. it this far. Do you remember it this far in the season? Like June, Gibby? Me, my eyes are burning. No. I have a perpetual scratch in the back of my throat. I can't even do the Bootsy voice or else I cough. Yeah, you're going to lose it. The, the one segment yesterday <laughs> in between talking, I, I literally had to turn my mic off. It was every couple minutes. Eh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to hack. I'm going to hack. This, eight, this is atypical, right? June? It should be done by June. The heat should be, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder, what. how do you explain where we are from an – from an allergen standpoint, is this the start of spring? It's out of control. Not I mean, we're the past the start of spring, right? Yeah, we're well, we're on our way to summer, but we are not we're not quite there yet. It just it feels this should be last year though. I remember when I was at the at the Bry, I remember also seeing the pollen flying between the trees. So and that was this time. I just don't remember affecting so many people as it is this year. I mean, everybody is getting walloped by it. Yeah, my wife, who's rarely affected. I'm a, I always have a little effects, but then it wears out. I mean, this is just a remarkable thing that we're dealing with. I was trying to see where we are from, you know, from an allergen standpoint. It's got to be way, way high. It has to be. It's brutal. I, I don't know. It, it goes back to, like, is there such a thing as fall? We just go summer right into winter. It does feel like that's where you're at at this point. It does feel that way. Anyway. <clears throat> Not right. great. Not no, ideal. Not at all. Less no. than ideal. Far, far less than ideal. Uh, we'll hear from Coach at the podium. Uh, we, who do we have coming live? Uh, at some point, Miles will come. We've been told that Miles and Njoku could be at the podium at some point today. Here. Okay. So when those things occur, we will come and uh, we will take those live, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we've, got, we've got some stories from around uh, the sports world as well. Plenty more to get to. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Bo here for Indy East 4th. Excited to be part of the great story of East 4th Street. The Cleveland Rooftop Bar located above Indy is now open Serving beer, wine, and cocktails and light snack menu. Brought to you by the owners of Char Whiskey Bar and Grill in Avo Modern Mexicans. You know that they know what they're doing. It's patio season. And patios at Avo and Char are now open. Enjoy a specialty cocktail. New summer menus at both restaurants. Celebrate Cleveland summer at Indy East 4th, the Cleveland Rooftop Bar. Avo Modern Mexican and Char Whiskey Bar and Grill. They are the absolute best. Um, so we saw this yesterday. We'll, we'll hear from Miles or Chief whenever they go to the podium. Uh, we will take those for you live. Yeah. Um, but we, 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 you saw this last night leak out. of. So the Memorial Tournament is happening down in Muirfield Village in Dublin starting tomorrow. Yes. Uh, we talked a little bit about the field and the challenges that come with that. One of the guys who was not there is Dustin Johnson. Come to find out now we know why. So he, last night it was leaked out that he was on the list of players on the Live Tournament, uh, which is going to Live Tour, which is the Saudi-based uh, group with Greg Norman fronting it. Their first event is next week in London at a, something called the Centurion Club, which just sounds fantastic. Sounds what a awesome. name for a club. I mean, yeah. that's incredible. Uh, I want a hat from there. Um, but the what what's interesting was is that 
the one guy who did it was Dustin Johnson. Because you say to yourself, they had to have somebody like that to launch it. I mean, other than that, it's a bunch of older guys who have won before. Major champions, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, uh, Sergio, Sergio Garcia. Uh, a lot of European Ian Poulter, Kevin Na. Like Na isn't one of major. Poulter no. hasn't either, but you get the point. Sure. Westwood, those type of guys. Nobody who I would consider a needle mover by today's standards. And nobody is a needle mover to Tiger's standards. These guys, Or even Phil's, frankly. These girls are all needle movers on, on a less on a far, far lesser degree. But Johnson would be a needle mover among today's players. I mean, I think he's on a similar level as Kepka and DeChambeau and McElroy. And to me, he feels like that type of guy. I think the fact that he's with Paulina Gretzky helps. Um, but I think to me, is that not fair that he's one of those type of guys? I like, think that's fair. I okay. think it's fair. I mean, what's interesting about Dustin Johnson is that he – is a obviously won the Masters in 2020, PGA in 2020. Um, so he's won what he's got five majors. No, he's only won the Masters no. in the U.S. Open. I'm sorry. All right, we'll continue we'll with this, this story, yeah. and you'll be stunned by the uh, the end of it. Here's Miles Garrett at the podium. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Obviously, this is like I haven't really been able to see it on an offensive point of view. You know, I haven't haven't been here as much as the other guys. You know, but as far as defense, I can speak for for them being, you know, really excited to learn, especially the younger guys. You know, that a couple have already come up, you know, asked me questions. You know, they said they don't want to be annoying, but they're, they're going to be on my hip. I said, I'm t we're trying to go no far, so I'm going to take you with me. So it's really about you know just them trying to find their way, trying to find you know how they can. Uh, achieve what they want to in the in the, the league and be successful. And right now, they're, they're just trying to, you know, work without thinking. They're just trying to, to move instinctively and uh, get it all down. And we're just trying to, you know, get get in film and and get in our books to make sure that everything just flows naturally and we can we can move how we want to. I know you're not taking that from you. I was just really more talking about the overall vibe of being here today, what you can sense with just him at the helm. I mean, it's a good atmosphere. I, I like him. I like him back there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be all over him, you know, whether OTAs or, or camp. And we're going to try to jump him, jump uh, on him as a defense. But, uh, you know, he can take it. He can handle it. You know, he'll, he'll uh, you know, press back at us with a smile. And, you know, he's going to keep coming because, you know, it's the kind of guy he is. These guys drafted Perry and Winfrey. He was so fired up to be playing with, with you. Uh, well, what are your impressions of him, not just from today, but, but you know, talking to him and everything else? Well, he works hard. He's got to get him in the right place at the right time. You know, he, he's a hard worker. He, he wants to he wants to learn. But, uh, you know, the, the parent I saw on the phone and the parent I got here, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't talk as much as I thought he would. But, he, you know, but he, he's all work. You know, he, he gets there. He goes, you know, full speed and, you know, he's, you know, Trying to get rid of some of the things he he lost in in college and take some of the things that he needs for the NFL and just trying to refine it. And I think Kip is doing a good job, and we're just trying to you know show him show him what will work and what won't won't work. Miles, this quarterback change is one of the biggest changes since you've been here. What do you think of it? Is it? I mean, yeah. 
I've had like 80% of my team turnover in, in six years. You know, people come and go, and you know, this is one of those changes. Now, I hope the best for him, and I hope he moves on and you know, he does well for himself. I'll never wish ill on, on anyone who I've you know, went up against or played with. But uh, no, he's going to land on his feet. Uh, I think Burrow said that as well. With you know, he's he's played well uh, when he's healthy, and I think he you know when he's healthy, he can he can do you know, some pretty good things for a team. You know, he's had to find his niche again. I think he has to prove himself. He has to get healthy, and uh, I think it worked out for for both teams. Deshaun coming here, and the allegations he's facing. Do you say that's none of my business, or do you feel like you want to try and talk him about it? Clear the yeah, air. My business. No, that's that's all him and. You know, whether I see it in the media, whether it's, it's pressed by y'all, you know, I try to keep my nose out of it. I don't try to put my eyes on it. You know, the only thing that matters to me is if he's, he's playing every game or if he's not, and and how we can overcome that, and what we need to do is to step as a defense if he isn't. Doesn't this character matter to you, Miles? I mean, you know, I think a lot of people here were conflicted over hearing, you know, some of the accounts of what what went on down and allegedly what happened down in Texas. Um, doesn't character stand for something, though? It does. But I don't know what happened. You don't know what happened. No one in this room really knows what happened, other than the people that were involved. And you know, I can't move one way or another, you know, based on hearsay. So I have to just move with the the character and the man that I know from day to day. And uh, it's a good guy from from what I've seen, from what I, what I played against, and what I've seen in the building. You know, it's not every day that you know you, you grab you know your whole office and take them to the Bahamas. You know, you treat them, and you know you're respectful to the coaches. You know. From, from what I've seen, he's 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 walked the right way, and you know, whether he's had a slip up or slip up or not, you know, I'm not I'm not the judge, I'm not the jury or the executioner. So I'm I know I'm here to play a game, and you know, whether we agree or disagree with you know, who he is off the field, you know, that's yet to be seen. But you know, as far as the guy I know on the field, he's special. Well, you mentioned there hasn't been much continuity here for you, but now that there is some third year, same defense, most of the defense back. How can that benefit you, and how can the team benefit from that? Well, it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, hear the the same message from uh, the same coach you know, more than once. So, you know, being able to learn from a D line coach or a defensive coordinator, you know, being able to to grow with them, seeing what you know, our specialties are, what our tendencies are, you know, what I what I'm trying to do, and how he can maximize my performance, and you know, I can try and take the defense to another level and take us to another level. I think that'll be big for us. You know, some of these guys have come from you know organizations like that in college as well, where they didn't have you know continuity. So just seeing that in NFL, you know, having that that kind of structure and foundation will will I think it'll, it'll it'll help us a lot. You know, a lot of the, the really good teams that we've seen uh, uh, much uh, down the line and uh, across the league have you know, have that kind of structure. Did you feel the need to do a lot of recruiting with with Clowney this off season? No, nah, I told him to get his ass here. <laughs> that, was a, that was about it. We were, we were probably the the best duo uh, in the league as far as you know, getting pressure. Uh, not always, you know, completing the play. I know teams like to get it get it out a little bit quick against us, but you know, trying to put pressure on them, getting getting hands up, you know, just athleticism, the the wingspan, you know, causing guys trouble. But you no, know, it's it's a special combo, and if uh, he comes back in shape. I think we'll be able to do something really, really special this year as well. You've uh, placed the bar so high 
for everybody, for yourself, for everybody around here in the organization, and, and you admittedly became more vocal about that last year. Uh, now that Deshaun is here, do you feel like uh, you have a quarterback that can kind of match up to, you know, sort of your counterpart on the offensive side of the ball and, uh, and get this team where it needs to go? I never felt like the ball was any lower with you know, the quarterback that was here before. I felt like Baker you know, always you know, had the same mindset as me as far as you know, what we wanted to do and what we wanted to achieve. So the bar is no higher, no lower. You know, the, you know, what we want to achieve is the Super Bowl. We want to be the very best we, we can be. And I think those two things are hand in hand if we, we play up to our standards. And so I think he is a, a great playmaker. I think he has a little bit more depth in his game than, than Baker as far as you know, his athleticism. But I think we can we can achieve a lot with you know, you know, working working with each other. Why do you and Jadavian play so well off of each other? Just you, you feel like the perfect complement for, for, for each other. You, him, and you. Why is that? Well, because I get double, then he gets a single. And then he gets about two or two and a half, and I say, well, it's my time. So I go to the left side, and I start feasting. So we kind of just you know, work, out, you know, work out what's going on, you know, how, the, how the team's trying to attack us, where they're, where they're weak, whether you know, they, they want to help this guy a lot or they don't want to help him. And then you know, who's having more success for what guy? You know, just that kind of communication. You know, sometimes my specialty isn't always you know, what that guy is uh, giving. That's not always his, his weakness. You know, I feel like I can beat most guys, but if he's having more success, then I go over there and I'll take on the double. I'll fight through that and make a play, and he can have that one-on-one and, uh, and do the same. It was one of the reasons he came back is just how well that worked with, with you guys. Yeah. Biggest, aside from being here with the Browns, but just the way you guys were able to make I think he was real excited about the Cleveland weather. And... Uh, Planning that again for another year. So, no. Other than that, I think there's just communication. You know, just the, the like-mindedness. You know, what we want to, what we want to do, want to achieve, and what we really think we can. Uh, where we really think we can go this year. I think he's he's all on board with that. How did you find out he was coming back? Did he text or call you? Did you see it on, on social media? Absolutely not. Heard from my agent. I was sick. I expected more out of him. At least I should have. Absolutely. And he should be here next week. We'll see about that. I might get him on the flight. So where are you taking the defense for retreat? Uh, I think I'm going to take him to, like, Providence. <laughs> Maybe I'll take him to, like, downtown Pittsburgh or something. And I'm, I'm taking the guys to Miami. So I have a good time. Miami. Oh, that tomorrow. Mini camp? Oh, tomorrow? Yeah. I'm going to take him there tomorrow. Stay there for a couple of days through the weekend. You know, try to get some work in as well. And you know, just trying to bond as a defense. How many guys are on that uh, trip? Uh, it's like all the uh, defensive line, all the, the linebackers, and some of the DBs. You know, we had a uh, had a little bit of a breaking down of communication with the the DBs, and so we got some of them. If they're welcome to join, if they're able to, you know, get their own flight because you know, I'm, I'm going to have enough room for everybody. But you know, we, we weren't able to, to get everybody on board. Exactly. We're talking about this game. We're talking about um, or, um, South Beach. What are we talking about, Miami? South Beach. Mm-hmm. Taking the town to South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I know you wanted to hit a line. There you go. Miles, we've 
seen your videos and you've followed you through your career in the off season. You've put on weight. You've had, like, what, what was this year? Uh, what was the theme for you getting ready for this? I have a theme for every year now? Trying to diversify myself as a person, you know. Really, this year, you know, I got a team uh, with, who's you know, just trying to make me better in, in uh, all different ways as far as, you know, tidying up my movements, uh, being more efficient with my steps, you know, not, not wasting uh, either the two I just mentioned, you know, making sure that, you know, my, my core is strong. I'm always using it. I'm always en engaging and not, you know, not letting it uh, be loose so I can have some of the, the, the injuries or small ailments that, that plagued me like uh, later down in the, the season. So just trying to make sure that I uh, kind of prepare my body for like the, the length of the season and make sure that we can, we can continue to run instead of you know, kind of falling off, tapering off towards the end because you know, those aches and pains add up. I saw your Instagram post last week after the school shooting. I, I guess in this forum, do you have anything to kind of add to kind of what you shared or just your thoughts a week later? I'm still sick. You know, I hate to see it happen in, in my state. I hate to see anything you know, bad, negative happen. No, it doesn't matter if it's in Dallas or anywhere. Uh, it's still my home. And uh, you know, I'm just kind of disappointed as well as far as the response you know, from the police. Uh, and you know how they handled it afterwards, and the response by you know Abbott's and you know really the uh, government officials down there, as far as you know, still uh, attending the the NRA uh, meeting that they had in Houston, you know, still kind of you know pressing and advocating for you know what is really the problem right now, and you know as far as you know guns, uh, I don't. I don't see the necessity for an 18-year-old to have an AR access to an, an AR. I mean, they seem to be the main weapon of choice for uh, school shootings and mass shootings, and somehow we still continue to find uh, that they get their hands on them so easily. And I just think there needs to be you know, more regulations, and uh, I don't think there needs to be uh, ARs in general in the general public. I think uh, if you want to defend your home, you should have a pistol. I think if you want to go hunting, I think you should have to use a rifle, and I think you should have to turn it in when hunting, hunting season's over. Or if you want to go somewhere else, you can use it then. I just don't see the reason for you know that to to protect your home. I, I think that's a little bit overkill, and I think it, it's shown that time and time again, you know, through the years, and nothing has changed. And too many countries have done it well enough uh, over the years, and their response has been. Uh, much, much greater and, and uh, more timely than, than we have. And we've, we've seen it time and time again. We, we say, remember Sandy Hook, and we'll say, remember Uvalde, Texas, and then we'll eventually, we will still remain uh, stubborn in our ways and not doing anything about it. And that's the real frustrating about, thing about it. And that's why you know, I talk to my family about you know, how can we you know, make change happen? How can we you know, progress forward? Because it just seems like we're, we're too ignorant too arrogant to, to you know, give up something that seems like our our liberty. You know, Second Amendment seems like you, know, you can bear arms, but you know, I don't see the government trying to big brother us or march down our throats at the moment. And if they if they did, I don't see us doing anything about it. So I don't see the point of having assault rifles in the hands of, of young individuals, especially those who are mentally ill. And honestly, uh, other countries have mentally ill kids as well, mentally ill, adults, 
and they still don't have this problem. So it can't be that the people are just mentally ill. It has to be the culture that we surround them with, and it has to be you know, how we handle our, our guns as well. Behind social causes before, do you, do you plan to be more proactive in something like this? Is there something you feel like you can do more, either in this community or, or in your home state? I'm going to try to be. You know, I know my home state is probably the uh, the biggest advocate for for those kind of guns at home, but you know it happens here as well. So I'm going to be a, an advocate for you know, this this cause nationwide, and uh, going to do the do best I can to try to get something. You know, Progressive and something changed. The course of your career, how important has it become to you to to use your platform to talk about some of these social issues that you're passionate about? I mean, it's just a best blessing that I honestly get to just you know sit in front of you guys and, and speak my mind, you know, say what what uh, what bothers me, what I'm what I'm excited about, what what's near to my heart, and uh, this is just one of those occasions where I, I get to. Be in front of you all, and something, you know, something terrible has happened. But it's brought up something that is important to me. It's always been important to me, but it's really just, you know, no really shined a light on it. And uh, for some, I think they're they're missing a point. They're missing a picture. And so, I, you know, I feel like it's my obligation, not someone who, you know, gets the the spotlight a little bit more than others, to show them, you know, what is going on, whether they agree agree or disagree, is on them. But you no, know, putting it in front of them and making them see it, you know, see the truth. Oh, that's I feel like that's my job. That's my it's my opportunity to do so. All right, that was Miles Garrett at the podium. Listen to A fifty ESPN Cleveland WKNR Cleveland. Uh, Wide ranging with with Miles there. A lot of topics, and uh, I think I think what you yep. have in Miles is uh, someone who is established in this league as a long time, who is very comfortable now saying what's on his mind when he's asked a direct question. And he's come a long way here from, from when he came in here as a rookie to, to what he is now. Yeah, and I think he gave a lot of very direct answers uh, to things about this football team, about Deshaun Watson, about his thoughts on, on guns and what happened in Texas. And, yeah, he, he definitely taking that leadership role and understanding who he is in this organization, in this league, in the city, and in the community at large, not only locally but also in the U.S. And here is Chief uh, at the podium, David Njoko at the podium now. You've come so far since being that 19, 20-year-old kid that was drafted there at the end of the first round. And, you know, Kevin and AVP have talked about your evolution as a player, but just what does it mean to you to, to be able to, to get the contract you did and, and, you know, get that belief and faith? It means the world, you know. Um... Uh, it's, I, I guess everything comes full circle, you know, um, obviously in the past we've had our differences and, uh, to be able to sign a four year deal, you know, here where it all started, just, it means everything to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to be here for the next four years. Your best football's ahead of you. It's been injuries, you know, production maybe that. Do you feel the same in your best football days? Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like the only way to go is up from here. Um, just keep stacking good days of hard work, you know, and perseverance. The one turning point of view good pinpointed that made you change your mind from wanting to be traded to want to uh, finish your career here. I'd say... Um, the time that I just decided just to, you know, ignore all the noise and just put my head on and work was when I, I realized that, 
you know, I do want to be here long term. And, um, you know, I just focus on more of like the positive things and the negative things. And, you know, through time, here we are, you know, so like I said, I'm very blessed. Sense that um, that the amount of your contract touched off this enormous debate, it seems, you know, all over social media about whether or not uh, the Browns are overpaying you or whatever. Um, do you did you have some sense for that? And if so, does it surprise you that you know that people would be you know up in arms about that amount? Or how do you speak to that? It's actually my first time hearing that you know someone said they, they, the Browns overpaid me. I didn't I didn't hear that. So I mean, yeah, my first time. It is what it is. You know, we uh, we agreed you know together, and I feel like we are gonna do great things in the near future. So I'm excited. Um, a primary featured player offensively early in your career. The opportunities haven't, haven't been consistent. Um, are you expecting that now to change, that you're really going to get an opportunity to uh, become the player that you and the organization feels that you're going to you know, red zone targets, third down targets, those type of things? Do you think now those opportunities are going to be there? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, Whatever our coaches tell me to do, I'll do, and I'll go 100% full speed at that. So, like I said, I'm just excited to be a, a part of this great team. That's become a real emphasis over the last couple of years, how you've really improved that. Just talk about that process over the last couple of years. I love blocking, man. I just honestly, I fell in love with it because at a point, it was all that I was really doing. So, you know, I had two options. I can either, you know, cry about it or just you know, slam people. So I chose to uh, block, yeah, and I, and I enjoy it now. The Cooper gone, uh, and there, there appears to be more emphasis on a three-receiver look with one tight end. Do you think that creates better opportunities for you to pile up the bigger numbers and more, more plays? I think whatever our, our game plan is, you know, week in and week out, we execute and good things will happen. So whatever... Our game plan, our, our game plan is for that week. We have to, you know, go about it 100%, and I feel like it'll all work out. What is the uh, off season like from your perspective with the franchise tag game used on you, and then, you know, continuing to work on the extension? How was the communication, and did you think this would all get worked out before that July 15th deadline? Yes, I think um, the communication for both parties were very smooth, and I think. Um, both did a great job, and you know we we finally got this done um, sooner than later. You know this could have been done like next month, but we got it done now. So it's um it's just it it was a a great off season and a great day when when we finally finalized everything. Quarterback room is completely different. What did you think about when those changes started happening, and what do you think about it now? Yeah, I mean it's tough. You know, uh, I mean. I think I know more than, more than most that this is a business, you know, and, um, you know, like it just at, at, at times it is it is what it is and you got to just keep pushing and or keep going. So um, obviously, you know, Baker isn't here anymore or he's not around. And, you know, it's, I, I, I still talk to him, you know, here and there. But like we all understand that this is a business and we have to just, you know, whoever we have right now, we have to keep going with them. So. Um, Deshaun makes quite an impression on the field. I'm just interested in what, 
What do you think about him off the field? What have, what have your interactions been with him to this point? I think he's a great guy. We had a, um, a team trip to the Bahamas, um, I believe, a week ago. And we, we got the work in. We also bonded as a team, you know, built some chemistry. I, I think it was a great um, choice for the offense to go together, you know. And, uh, you know, honestly, I, I learned things that I didn't know about my teammates that have already been here for X amount of years. So I think it was a, a great decision to, you know, as an offense, come together and go on a vacation for a few days and just get to know more about each other, you know, because at the end of the day, we're playing for each other. So. I think that was important. I think uh, it was, it was a, a good idea. Kind of building off that, I know last year towards the end of the season, we heard from guys that they felt like the chemistry maybe could have been a little bit better, especially between offense and defense. Some of those things you're talking about, do you think you guys are on the, the right path with mm -hmm. that? That. A hundred percent. At least um, this was a great start. I think we're going to probably hang more, more often, you know, just do whatever it is, either, you know, break bread together or just, you know, train in the off season, you know, after uh, mini camp together. It's like whatever it takes for us to get closer, you know, I think we'll play better together. Uh, the, the other names that you're now in that category with in terms of the top five paid tight ends in the NFL, the George Kittles, the Travis Kelseys, and maybe you can answer this part too. You're probably going to maybe tight end university again this summer. Are you going to the tight end university? I am, yeah. So do you... Uh, you know, put yourself right there with those guys uh, in terms of your on-field ability, as well as now that you're getting paid like them too. I mean, I don't, I don't really compare myself with you know anybody really. I like just to have like blinders on, and just work on what I need to do to get better as a player. So I mean, they're they are the greats, and you know I applaud them. But I'm not really like thinking of you know if I'm better than them or whatever. I'm just focused on what I got to do to um, help this team win. You too practice with them over the summer at tight end university of course i mean uh just like you know picking each other's minds you know brainstorming on how to get open on certain plays certain routes it, it all helps for sure but um yeah like i said i'm just focused on this team for you as a player as you continue to grow and, and evolve your game what, what do you want to that's a great question i guess you know we're going to find out this year i mean is there something that you've gone into this offseason that you talked about embracing the run blocking and, and really loving to do that. So, but is there something that you went into this offseason and said, hey, I really want to get to the next level doing this? It's everything, you know. I feel like I haven't perfected anything yet. And in all aspects of a tight end is what I, I want to get better at. So, thank you, guys. All right, there's Chief uh, at the podium. So we went Miles and Chief back-to-back -back on a very newsy first Friday. Going to take a quick timeout, and we actually do have so much more to come. Yeah. Truly. Truly. Cleveland Rosalie, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Uh, listen here, fellas. The Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams. They can do it for you in about a day. Your current bathroom will feel like a custom spa experience once they're done with it. Let them make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. You're talking about where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects are all made in the United States of America. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Again, you can do so in about a day. They have acrylic 
tubs. They hold the heat in. That's very, very valuable. You want to do a tub-to-shower conversion, they can take care of you on that. Superior products with expert installers. Give them a call now for 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower model. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. Again, that's 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower model at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. Tell them that Bo Bishop sent you on that. Uh, as we were mentioning, Dustin Johnson, what would get him to play this was like an hour ago. What would get him to leave the PGA Tour? Which, by the way, the PGA Tour said, if you play on another tour other than ours, you're done. You're out. Banned for life. Well, there's got to be a price. So before we figured out what the price was, or reportedly what the price was, you said to me in a break, what do you think he was getting? And I said, what? A hundred million. A hundred million. One hundred million And you, you were taken dollars. aback and thought, that's a lot. Feels like a lot. That's a lot. It turns out, not quite enough, reportedly. Reportedly, you're right about that. It uh, is not quite enough. 150. Sports Business Journal said 125. The Barstool story we just saw uh, said 150. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah. That's enough to never play the Greater Hartford Open. Yeah, do anything again. Like you're, I'm good. You have to do anything. See on down the line. Like how many tournaments is he even obligated to, and for how long? I have to think it's got to be some sort of like the next five years. Every time he plays golf, it's on their tour. So you think by the way, if he was worth that, what would have Tiger in his prime have been worth? A billion? I mean, Dustin Johnson is not, in, a, in the sense of needle mover to the non-golf fan, but there's nobody on tour that is. Like, my well, wife doesn't know who any of those guys are. No, like, she's a sports fan. She doesn't know who any of those guys are. Fair, but had, for Tiger example, Phil. it been Phil. Sure. Even though well, he, he would have been one. He and he can talk. Like Dustin Johnson isn't an interview guy. He's not no. a promotion guy. He's not a face of the franchise. Not personality guy. plus. No. No. And if anything, his wife is more that. Or I don't know if they're even married, but yeah. A celebutante, they called her in the uh, article. Did they I've really never yeah. seen that word before? It's a good um word. No, Tiger would have been priceless, literally. And I yes. mean that if Tiger Woods left the PGA tour. And went to this tour, everybody would watch that tour, and nobody would watch PGA Tour. Even now, I think that's true. If he could if he could get through it, like if he were even he just what he was three years, like pre-injury. Sure, sure. sure. Pre-injury, car accident The Tiger who happen. just won the Masters, like yes. if that had happened that at that That Tiger point, is worth a billion. Yes. And if he goes and plays there, so many other would follow. And he's worth more like than Like if you're Justin Thomas. I don't even Thomas, think a billion's enough. Agreed. What What is the – I don't even know who the big fish they would have went for. Obviously, Phil is who they wanted. And they went for him hard, and yeah. Phil tried to do both things and then ended up screwing it all up with the off-the-record comment. Um, I, it's amazing. It's a stunning amount of money. Yeah, because, I mean, for example, the guy that you were thinking of is maybe Rory, but Rory last won a major in 2014. You know? Right. He would have more of a world – he definitely would have – he'd definitely be more of a talker, more of a personality, and would have a worldly approach. I mean, his – his first uh, advertisements that he wore on his shirt, I'm pretty sure, were uh, Saudi-based. What was that? I forget the name of that company. But he did a lot of stuff in Dubai. Like yeah. he was, I think he has a residence there. Like there was, he was, he's a, he's a worldly figure. I didn't realize he's only five nine. <coughs> really, Rory? Yeah. Seems like he was taller than that. Yeah, five nine. There's nobody. There's Tiger. There's Phil. And that's part of the problem, not necessarily the problem with the, the tour right now, because what's cool about it is that anybody can win. You know, there, there's a group of a lot of really good players. There's just there was only one Tiger. 
you know, and I think Phil would be that next guy. You know, this isn't even back in the day where you could have said, oh, maybe we'll throw like the big E's over there. And Ernie Els could have been the, you know, because he was good. Yeah, enough. there were guys like that that could have done it. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. starting like, I mean, maybe Kepka because he actually can be very entertaining. And they candid probably threw and this at that. DeChambeau. I bet they threw $100 million at DeChambeau. Huh. Be hard to say no. He was he was linked. I wonder if they swung at a lot of guys and a lot of guys missed. And Dustin was the first one to take the to, to take the nibble to wet the beak on 150 million. No, you're exactly right. Speaking of wetting the beak, demerit for Gibbay. Why? What happened? This is the quote from the Browns Daily Twitter account, which we know is really at Gibbay. Underway on a big football Wednesday with the voice of the Browns, oh. Tim Donovan, and with Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, As KD sad. replies, a what? I thought today was first Friday. Never yeah. heard of a Wednesday. Come on. Bad job, Gibbe. I'm aware we're dealing with a few other things, namely which cord was plugged into Jim Donovan's microphone. That was the <laughs> most great. I've ever seen you scramble. When the voice, oh, when excuse. we could not hear the voice's voice. No, and we both looked like at each other you had like, seen it over the. I was looking. I was looking over the corner of your shoulder, right over your yeah, shoulder, I and I would see him frantically knobs. And Jim didn't have things. the headphones on, so he wasn't. He wasn't aware he that he wasn't know. on. You and I knew right away. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I also had the great privilege of coming in today uh, prior to practice, and I got to hear, hear Gibbe doing head honcho stuff. And what was your exact phrase? Action. I'm molding young minds. Action right. items, or act. What, that is your word. No. What did you say? You wanted to write down some action. Wait. What? Action agendas, or it was something that I almost fell on my chair. It's great. Whatever it was. It was like a TPS report of yes. phrases. Yeah. He was using some real good consultant speak. It was. What did you say? Action agendas or agendas <laughs> for action? I don't even remember. You lost your mind about it. I was like, I was so I, happy. Oh, I, I was like, oh my god! I was like, get in the studio. Yeah, yeah. Get in the studio. What I do? What I do? What I do? I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get us an intern. I've got final interviews on Tuesday. Oh my god! I would love to hear those. I would love to be involved Welcome. in those. Wanna, I, I mean, in commercial breaks, here, can I li can I listen in? I absolutely. would love to listen in get on a, that. Yeah, get that a little process. A little call in line. Really like a feel for that for what's happening. Uh, did you guys see this? John Madden will be on the cover of this year's Madden video game. That's pretty. Yes. Cool. It's funny. Everyone is really down on Madden. I every time I saw it, and they're like, "Well, now fix the game. What's wrong with it?" What do they want it what to be? What is wrong with it? I don't know. I think some people, people are upset are... about the dynasty. Is that still worried about I that? I think the franchise mode people are upset about the gameplay, the fact that it's like people figure out what the meta is and then they can just, you know, smash people and then you have to change this and you change that and certain things are overpowered. People complain about everything. Yeah, people are the worst. People are already yelling about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And so you and McGregor had to like come back there saying racist things to the guy that was the villain in uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like. Everybody's unhappy about everything. People are upset. Obi-Wan, I watched the first episode. Did uh, you love it? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. My I mean, it's, it's really a setup. The first one is very much a setup. I'm in a tough spot right now. So I'm desiring to plow through Stranger Things because the first two episodes I loved and I was full hooked okay. and I'm like, I want to do it. But the kids are like, we got to watch it together. And same with Obi-Wan. They want to watch it together. But they're about that's to go. That's a lot of stuff that's backlogged. And they're about to go on a, a big trip. Abroad. So they will. Yeah. Like we're not talking about even really being able to dive back into these things until, you know, mid end of June. Like I'm hungry now. Feed me. Seymour. Well, watch. We own this city, and that will get you through a week. 
You got to catch up on we Black Sales. We still have Outlander, we, and we got two seasons left of Black Sales. <laughs> so you can watch all that stuff, yeah, and then just put this But I really want, but like. I don't feel like anyone's going to wreck either. Obi-Wan could get wrecked by people. Yeah, same with Stranger Things. But I haven't seen anybody tweeting about Stranger oh, Things. Oh. The only yes, people I I've have. seen tweeting about Stranger Things are they're creeped out because they these the kids don't look like they're in high school anymore. They're clearly adults yeah. <laughs> trying well, to play the role of high school. Yeah, they were cast, yeah. Who's adults? The kids? The Stranger Things cast. They're teenagers at best. Yeah. In real life. But I don't, I don't a, know. I, I have not seen it. I've only seen tweets. You're not worried. Like, you're not worried about like, like you were with Ozark. Like, I felt like Ozark was a thing. Like, I don't see. I used to see Ozark suck all the time when I was in full. Maybe on my, on my feed, there's more Stranger. There's been a lot be. about it. Well, I, I follow Stranger. I follow Stranger oh. Things. Too. Well, <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That's yeah. part of it. So everyone that responds to it, you're yeah, getting that. Getting some more. Yeah. That's why. Some that's that a, that's a big reason. Also, this Washington is looking to build a new stadium, Virginia. Just 55000 at the time when they built, uh, at the time it was FedEx Field when it was built. I don't even know what they call it now. Um, it was 92000 It was the largest stadium in the league. Why so would going you... all the way down to fifty five. It's going to be in Virginia, so it's not closer to D.C., which is what the fan base wanted. Nothing is finalized, but the president, Jason Wright, acknowledged that the commanders will likely end up playing in the smallest stadium in the league. Why? Demand, probably. Guessing they go more luxury boxes fewer tickets and rise up the prices of tickets. They'll try to sell boxes. That's my guess, which is where I think everyone is probably going is smaller to create demand. So you can charge a premium. So it becomes a thing to do. So it's harder and harder to get in. I think that's what everyone's going to do. The bears. I think when the bears are the new soldier, now they're going to do another one, but when they just redid, I think soldiers only like 62, isn't it? By the way, this whole cast is in their early twenties, late teens. That's what I just said. Are you sure about well, that? Well, that doesn't make them like young teens. That uh, is not 14. what you said. They're high schoolers. The They're not high school. 18 years old is high school? 19? Dude, go back to the days of Beverly Hills 90210, and that one lady was oh like 40. God. Gabrielle Carteris. She By was the like way, 40. She, yes. she shows she up, cute. and we own this city. Of course, you're the only one. I'm in. <laughs> Hold on. Cute. She is in She shows that up, and we own the city, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did I have her name right? Gabrielle Carteris or something? Yeah, like? that's, yeah. It. that's it. Gabrielle Carteris, yeah. Hold on. You're saying that these kids are how old? By the way, the 90210, the, the peak 90210 did not come right away. It was later yes. when you know Tiff Thiessen showed up. All of a sudden, Kelly Kapowski shows up on 90210. Come on. It's a whole new game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, look, I'm reading through all of these. They're like, this person's 18. This person's 19. This person's 24. <laughs> By Hold the on. way, 18, 8, 19, 17, 19 of the, and 20 so, for the five oh, main So okay. just one is it's still in high I school. I believe I was correct on this. If he yeah, was, but if all, he those said, ki- all of those kids are supposed to be like 14 years old. Thank you, Nick. He's probably right. I got to go with Gibby on they, this. D- it's <laughs> fine, but they like <laughs> delayed the show, but they're treating them like they are much old. Like it's a much more mature Well, when did they show. film it? Were they, did they this film was it a year years ago. ago? This was a, a year, year ago. ago. But they had to take a, they had to take a break. Like the kids were in season one when they were kid. Like, L was yeah, twelve. In college. Yeah, Finn. Is, okay, the main kid, dude. They look like teenagers. Nineteen, <laughs> oh, eighteen, nineteen. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Twenty. <laughs> hold on. And seventeen. The five main kids are set between seventeen and twenty. It's not crazy. I think there's only one seventeen though. Aren't the rest? Aren't the majority yes. of them? So 17, 19, 20. 20. Yeah, but for a. I, that's not crazy for a high school show. 
They were twelve. And I don't. I've never one. seen the show, but I've my hunch is is that when I'm they that they it feels like they've aged a lot in real yes. life. It's kind of what happened to, to sure, what's his name on o, on Ozark. Yeah. Even, what's the kid uh, on Ozark who the, oh my God, Jonah. Jonah. Who yeah, Jonah was all of a sudden he was 24, and you're like, well, wait a second, he was 12 when we got here. That was like the same thing with Harry Potter, wasn't it? Just like, by the end, COVID delays. So old, it was kind of yeah. weird. It was, got a little strange at the end. By the way, did you see that um, uh, Dan Snyder was called with Goodell before Congress on workplace behavior, that that happened? That's about time. So you wonder if they're going to get the, not that Congress get anything done, but you do wonder if Snyder will be the one to oversee this stadium hmm. or not. Hmm. <clears throat> Also, I had several people tell me, uh, agree with me, that this is the worst it's ever been yes, for allergies. Yes, because it is. Um, both Howard, let me see. No, not Howard. Howard's not one of them. Let me see. Chad and Philip, insane allergies this year. Insane. Yeah, Nuts. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, big retirement in the NFL. We will get to that. A lot of bad yeah. advice about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The miss can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating system, but you don't know where to begin. Well, I can help you with that. My friends at EOX Vantage is where to start. They're data scientists, also business operations experts. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they access ongoing tech support. So you're hiring a continuous improvement and support system. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand of hardware or software. So you're getting a truly customized, purpose-built solution, along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage does not outsource. All the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. See how companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at EOXVantage.com. Big news out of Pittsburgh, to say the least. Yeah, the big news out of Pittsburgh is that defensive end Stefan Tuitt announced his retirement. A statement he posted, with respect to the Steelers organization, my teammates and coaches, I would like to officially announce that I've come to the decision to retire from the NFL. I'm thankful to have, the, have, to have had the opportunity to represent the city of Pittsburgh for the past eight seasons and am blessed to leave this game with my health. After the tragic loss of my brother Richard and upon completing my degree from the University of Notre Dame, I am now being called, I know I am being called to move beyond the sport of football. I want to thank everyone for the love and support they have shown both on and off the field. And again, want to thank the Rooney family, Coach Tomlin, and the entire Pittsburgh organization. It was an honor and a privilege to play for this historic team. Go Steelers. And so Tuit is a guy who missed last year with an injury, but back in 2020 had 11 sacks for that defense. And him and Cam Hayward formed, you know, maybe the best pair of ends in a 3-4 in the league in terms of their ability to get after the quarterback along with T.J. Watt, giving them one of the best defensive lines in the league. And losing to it, it puts a little bit of a hole in their defense. And so they've got Cam Hayward now. They've got Tyson Alualu, who is back with the team, who's, who's a solid starter. Uh, they've got Chris Wormley, Montrevious Adams, Isaiah Loudermilk, and then they drafted DeMarvin Leal, uh, who went a little bit later than people thought. They don't have that second pass rusher. Alualu is a run stopper, but in terms of guys that are there to really get to the quarterback, it's not necessarily there. And so this is a big, big change to that defense. And obviously 
to it, to referencing the tragedy with his brother and, and now deciding to retire. Only 29 years of age, played his entire career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a, a very, very good player. And he's a guy that when we were going through and doing that, the All AFC, AFC North, North team sure. was a guy that we, you considered putting on that All AFC North team because he's that good of a player. You wonder if they had any inkling that this was coming. You know? I mean, I bet probably they, some, some, but, it, but I think they were expecting him to come back and, and be, be Stefan to it. It yeah. was a guy that was incredibly good for them. Yeah. I mean, they got, they have a ton of questions. It's hard to doubt them because they've been so that's, good for so long. And you right. have to say that I feel as a qualifier every time, but it's, there are a lot of questions on that roster top yeah. to bottom really yeah. are. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated company. Whether you join them as a customer or employee, they'll be part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. I was just thinking as you were, we were doing the 902-0. Yeah. I think I probably was more of a Melrose guy. Yeah, I think you were. I think I probably was. I think you would be. That makes sense. It just didn't. I, I don't Melrose know why didn't I should have Melrose, but I was like 902-1-0 guy. Yeah. Melrose wasn't, it just wasn't, should have been. Because you said on it. you said Marcel, but she did she Vanessa Marcel was in nine oh two and oh. Just she was at a the Luke end? Perry. Yeah. Before I don't know if she was before or after Thiessen. Okay. That was the game changer. That would have been my sweet spot for nine oh two and oh. Would have been going like their college into the college yep. realm. Like I don't remember a whole lot of the high school episodes. I remember them going from college into high school very well. Um, but at that point I think I probably transitioned I was probably more of a Melrose guy. Yeah. And I think if you're if you're drafting, you know, adolescent bow crushes, the Melrose roster is the one that well, I would strong. end up with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I didn't realize the lady who plays Max on Stars was originally was on a nine hundred two one zero. I don't know if it was the so reboot or the Max original. on Stars. What do you Max think? on Black Sales? I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. So Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. The original was ten seasons. Started in ninety. So yeah, I would not have been. I would have been at the midway point of that before I really started caring. She was on the reboot of 902 and 0. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I do not remember Max from Black Sales. I feel like I would have remembered you would remember that. that yeah. That's an attention getter. I would have remembered that. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. that. So. There's no doubt you would have. So the original was on for 10 years. How long was Melrose Place on? Seven years started <laughs> in 92. See, here's the – yeah, so definitely I was more Melrose. But I also don't remember early, early Melrose. The reason that took off is because they put Heather Locklear on Melrose. Yeah. Yeah. And, but and I, I had a big crush in... on her from, like, as a little kid. I don't even remember watching the show, but I remember the intro to there was a cop show with the Star Trek guy. Was it T.J. Hooker or something like that? T.J. Hooker was a show. I'm pretty sure it was a T. show. T.J. Hooker was a show. And was, she in t- was she in it? I don't know. Looking, now. You had a lot of people, though, who came through the Melrose place. Heather Locklear was on T.J. Hooker. Yes. With William Shatner. Bob Shatner. Shatner. Yes, right. Star Trek. Bill Shatner. Bill Shatner. <laughs> That's right. What was the premise of that show? I, it had to be a she, cop. She it played, was like a detective. It was like a, was she was that Officer a off of the Magnum PI days. <laughs> she played Officer Stacy Sheridan. Of course she did. Jeez. Oh my God. I don't know what that was a spinoff of, but she was in the mix. The best part is, like, it is. 15 there are year a bunch police of dudes sergeant. on here, and then there's Heather Locklear thrown yeah. into the mix of all this. Candace Cameron Burry was in there? I have no wow. idea. Were you ever a big uh, Las Vegas guy? Oh, sure. Oh, that was, that a, was a great yeah, show. That was, that was a really underrated. fun. That was a Jimmy really Khan. fun. 
that was Dumel. Well, well, what he did was that was a great paycheck uh, for him at a time when he probably it was nice to have some regular, yeah. a little bit of a regular jump. Sure, and, you know, and it had been a long time since The Godfather, you know, so that was a nice jump for him. And then he was the crazy thing was is his ability as an actor versus the rest of those people, which were all just good looking people to look at, men and women. Uh, and then he just was the dude. He handled his business. Oh, yeah, he was the he was yeah. the boss. Yeah, he was Jimmy Khan. Yeah, he was great. Oh. Vegas was great, and they they lost yeah, it after good. Selleck went though. After Selleck, Selleck. Tom he Selleck was on that. Tom Selleck was not on Las Vegas. Yeah, not on Las Vegas. Yes, he was. No, I don't believe you he, had was. That. he was. He was. He was. AJ Cooper. Yeah. Last when? couple of seasons. Oh, okay. See, I ba- they, I bailed long before that. Yeah. I bailed long I was, before that. Con left, and then Selleck came on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm done. I'm done no. when Con's no, out. Yeah, Con was. When Jimmy Con's out, I'm out. It's not pure That's Vegas. Yeah, you had you had James Leisure, Josh Dumel, Vanessa Marcel, Nikki Cox, James Con, Molly Sims, and then uh, that that was the core. That's the That's group the core right the there. Show, right There's there. one more female in there that I'm that you're missing. I'm pretty sure the three of them. Marsha, oh, Marsha Thomas, Nessa Holt. Yeah, yeah. that one. That's yeah. it. Marsha yeah. Thomas. And Dumel's in the mix. Yeah, Dumel was, was the boss. in the mix. He was the guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, guy. you're right. Marsha Thomas. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how that worked. Yeah, that was good. Jimmy Conn. Oh, that show was great. That was a fun show. I own that. I am proud to say I own yeah. seasons of that on DVD. Good. Five seasons show. it lasted. I did not know that. I would have thought more, honestly. Me too. So it burned bright it's early. Peak. Well, yeah, because then... they ran out of like... I think they ran out of stuff. Was that during the writer's strike? Did I don't know. They, and there no. wasn't a whole lot to that show. I mean, no, that was, it was fun hijinks. Yeah, it was just hijinks. They're just coming up with like nonsense that would happen in Vegas and people trying to rob the casino and right. cheat at blackjack and then Jimmy Conn would come rough them up a little bit. <laughs> right, solve things, get uh, the answers yeah, to everything. Everything. Yeah, very good. Yeah, it's a good job. All right, so much more to come. You'll listen to Cleveland Brad Zaley on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Gibbe, Mike says you need an after-action report on the board failure. Yeah, good, smart. And we need some action. I don't know what? We need some action agendas or action, action items. Ag- Whatever you said. Uh, how how you can you not it? remember? You said it, and you said it like so matter-of-factly, like it was a, a phrase you uttered all the time. <laughs> I have no idea, man. Yeah, the word action much, was definitely. Do you know in. how much has gone on since that meeting occurred at 10 a.m. this morning? We I were do. outside. Practice. We were inside. We were back outside. A monkey's wedding happened, which I'm told is when it's sunny out and it rains. I don't know if that's an Ohio thing. And I've never heard that. You have never heard that. I have never no. heard that. I've okay. not heard right, that. We'll before. have to bring Miss K in here. We'll have to. Miss K knows that. That was a Miss K. You learned that from Stranger Things. No, from Miss K. Miss K. Miss K. Who was once a teenager. Yeah, that's true. She was. Now this is exciting. Very, very exciting. I wish I really want to know what the word was. I want to know what you what you were what you were dropping that pe- need to inspire people. Uh, good luck to my Hudson Explorers tonight. Regional or, I'm sorry, state semifinal lacrosse. Oh. Who are they playing? Jerome out of Dublin, the defending state champions. So this is all A League. No shenanigans. No, no shenanigans. Boy, did I get some messages. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. It all evens out down the road. 
By the way, we'll. Uh... By the way, Miss uh, Miss K's alma mater in the state final, Chagrin Falls, in the state oh. championship on Saturday oh, in boy. lacrosse against, I believe, DeSales out of okay. Columbus. Yeah. And uh, I'll miss you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll be hanging out with Jack. Yeah. The Among memorial. Others. It beckons. It beckons me. Yeah, I got to, you know, on kiss some babies, shake some hands That's on right. assignment. That's, That's what right. you got to do. But we got a lot of stuff do. for the people tomorrow. Well, you have a full it's show. Not, still so well, much more to come. Is it a show? I don't know. I'm supposed to be here tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Zagura is supposed to be here at 1 o'clock. Well, then we will, will be here. Then you'll be here. We will be uh, here. And I can also tell you that the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.